Thank you for joining us on another adventure in neuromonitoring. Please listen to the end of this cast for our disclaimers. You're listening to another stimulating adventure in the world of neuromonitoring. This is the IONM for Life podcast with your host, Scott Moore. We are new diagnostic professionals. We solve problems you don't know you about. With weeds, you cut all the stuff. Do the thing. Write the article. Start the YouTube channel. Create that social media presence. Launch that podcast. I'm talking to you here. The field of neurodiagnostics needs you and your unique talents. More and more neurodiagnostic professionals are stepping out into social media with creative contributions to healthcare. We're all following Jared Beckwith's journey from EEG certification to breakthrough EEG AI application. And we're all laughing at Daniel Stewart's stick in my own memes. We're all learning from the content created by companies such as Neuropathway, IOM Academy. Shameless plug, these were all organizations and people that have been guests on our program. And I know you're listening to this and you have an idea or a skill a unique talent that you could use and ignite to make something amazing. You probably already have it mapped out in your head, don't you? But there's all these barriers in front of you, right? If you work in neuromonitoring and you're listening to this episode, it's quite likely you have already had a busy day or you're about to, and you're tired and you're stressed and you've earned every ounce of that tiredness and stress that you're feeling. As I'm writing this script for this episode, it's about 9.30 on a Monday morning, and I'm sitting in the office waiting for a posterior cervical decompression infusion to find a room and an anesthesia team so we can finally get to work. I really want to go down to the lobby and get a cup of coffee. But I'm going to get this episode done. Why? Let's go back to those barriers we just discussed, those reasons that are holding you back from doing your thing. Whether it's launching a YouTube channel, showing the world what we really do in neurodiagnostics, or partnering with an MD to write a research paper, you know it's going to be work, and your time is valuable. So you ask yourself, does it matter? That question is what has me sitting at this desk, typing away at a keyboard, when I'd rather be downstairs ordering a coffee with a shot of espresso. I drink it without cream or sugar, and yes, I definitely need help. Because... I believe the guests on this program do things that do matter. A lot of them don't get the credit and recognition they deserve. Beyond that, their stories need to be told. Not because they deserve the recognition, but because I don't know, and they don't know, what their story will mean to someone else in our field, or healthcare at large. For someone who came across this podcast on iTunes and is seriously considering entering the field of neurodiagnostics. And that's why you need to get started. Because you don't know who you will inspire and educate and motivate to keep going in a positive direction. You don't know how many people you will positively influence. You may never know the full impact your idea and your project can have on the professionals and patients who are part of the neurodiagnostic community. You can't judge it by the likes or the thumbs up or the hearts. Trust me on this. I have read and watched some incredible content that maybe made me laugh out loud 
or taught me a new technique or just genuinely made me proud of what I do for a living. And I forgot to hit the like button. Sorry about that. You know in your head and heart that the plan you have will make an impact. The caveat is that you may not see that impact right away. In some cases, you'll make a significant positive impact on some people and never knew it happened. That's what it means to be a creator and a professional. So, get to work. And that is the theme of today's episode. Let's meet Benfola Murtala, an EEG professional from Nigeria. I'm Benfoli Mulitala from Nigeria. Benfola works for the Lagos University Teaching Hospital in Lagos, Nigeria, where he is the Assistant Director of Science, EEG. Yeah, I work for Lagos University Teaching Hospital in Lagos. Now, this is a very busy hospital, and they see a lot of epilepsy patients. With a very big and uh, large uh, staff, as well as the uh, patients being. So, we attend to a lot of patients, and uh, we see a lot of uh, People almost every day at the clinic. So our neurodiagnostics uh, unit is always very busy. He is also the founder of the Epilepsy Ambassadors Initiative, whose stated goal is to wipe away the stigma around epilepsy in Nigeria and to assist people living with epilepsy. And we're going to get to that good work in a moment. But first, some more background about how he got there. Benfola Martala has an impressive educational background and is firmly engaged in continuing education in the community and among his peers to this day. He started in basic science and physiology, and then went on to biomedical engineering, and this led to a master's in exercise physiology before he began his career in neurodiagnostics. I was the by basic science and physiology, and uh, afterwards I did uh, biomedical engineering, just like uh, an executive called biomedical engineering. I did also my master's in exercise physiology, but I had a kind of a seasonal training in a neurodiagnostics technology. Then my journey to neurodiagnostics is from basic science, pure physiology, narrowing it down to neurophysiology. So neuro, from neurophysiology, because I work as a scientist in a teacher hospital, I have to just uh, embrace the neurodiagnostic as a beat. And Fala Bartala recognizes how important his work is. His EEG department empowers doctors with insights into their patient's epileptic condition. If he can collect reliable, accurate data, then it can be actionable data. How often are the seizures occurring? Are they focal, generalized? EEG studies can provide insights into what is happening to an epileptic patient in ways that even modern imaging cannot. With good, actionable EEG data, doctors can more effectively direct their treatment plan. This can affect the types of drugs they prescribe and the dosages. With the feedback EEG provides, these doctors can both quantify and qualify how effective their treatment plans are. So let's talk a little bit about patients with epilepsy. You seem to really have a heart to really help and encourage patients that have epilepsy. Obviously, that seems to be a pretty significant contribution to your patient load. So tell me a little bit about dealing with uh, epilepsy patients and your work and how you, as someone who works in EEG, can help patients with epilepsy. Patients with epilepsy, most time, they come around with uh, a lot of query. Sometimes you see query that says seizure, query for the seizure, query these and the rest of the doctors actually wanted a statement, something 
to substantiate what they are suspecting. When we carried out our EG, we helped them to determine is this a focal epilepsy? Is it a generalized epilepsy? And is it actually an absence seizure? And this actually helped the patient and it also assist the doctor in other diagnosing as well as that giving treatment to the patient. So in one way or the other, we are more or less the most important personalities here because when we don't do the right general diagnostics, we don't get the right diagnostics and they keep on giving junks to the patients. And what I mean by junks is they give the wrong medication. And uh, for example, sometimes we have cases of patients who have like a generalized seizure and, uh, and uh, sometimes we see some of these patients having repeated seizure. Sometimes it takes us to put them after diagnosing them. And when this is the, oh, is that trying to generalize the seizure, not a focal one, it would also assist the doctor to, you know, change their mind to possibly give them in the, another medication. And another reason why some of our patients benefit from their diagnostic cells are, for example, a patient who has been on medication for like two, three years, and uh, they are possibly looking at the fact that the patient is not having any relapse. And then there are a lot of cases like that. In our own case, what do we do? Sometimes we decide to go on a long time, uh, he something like that, the, the 24 hours, 48 hours EEG, just to see whether we can uh, uh, actually see an abnormality and it uh, along with the EEG recordings. And with this, we are able to dictate if it's actually the seizure and a medication could be used for the patient. So in a lot of ways, and uh, uh, we have been very, very useful to our patients. And for this reason, I personally have seen the fact that our patients are very important to us as much as we are important to them. I love that last line he mentions. He's essentially saying we in the neurodiagnostics field are as important to our patients as they are to us. It's a good mindset. It shows in his community outreach initiative, the Epilepsy Ambassadors Initiative. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the EAI works in Nigerian communities to eliminate the stigma of epilepsy and replace it with informed awareness of the nature of the condition. Now, this is important and noble work that he's doing. There are good people in his community with a medical condition that many people around them don't understand. And so there's an element of fear, uncertainty, Sometimes they're viewed as victims of witchcraft or are cursed. The EAI tries to help people understand what epilepsy is, what it is not, and inform them how EEG can be a useful tool in managing the treatment. So even in Nigeria, I tried as much as possible to form an NGO for people in know with epilepsy. I call it the Epilepsy Ambassadors Initiatives. So the reason why I formed the organization was that I realized that so patients that comes around need educations. They ask me a lot of questions. Some of them are confused. They don't know what to do. And they tell you a lot of things they've gone through, mostly in rural areas in Africa and in Nigeria too as well. They tell you this is the beliefs of their people. Some of them will say they don't want them to even come to the clinic because they believe it's actually something that has to do with witchcraft or you know, a lot of things that believe in. So for that reason, I, I came up with this idea of building a non-governmental organization and uh, this organization too has been existing for uh, quite a while now and uh, it's on Instagram, it's also on uh, I think Twitter and uh, some other social media.
So what we just do is we carry out goods, uh, a gun, a gun where we talk to people about epilepsy. We go to schools. We met with children, and during these our calls, we met with a lot of people that actually have even the teachers had the wrong notion about epilepsy. So we're able to explain to them and enlighten them about it. So we didn't just restrict ourselves to the lab. We also went out to schools as well as the community to talk to people about epilepsy and the reason why they need to visit the clinic for further diagnosis. That's fantastic. Education is so important. I let patients and, and the patient population know about what we do and, and, and the impacts that the neurodiagnostics can have on patient outcome. We provide information on what's going on in the brain and the nervous system that you can't even get with just an image with, with like a CT scan, for example, right? But we provide what's really actively going on in real time with a patient's nervous system. That information in the hands of a doctor can make a huge difference, as you said, just by adjusting the doses of medication. Because at the end of the day, we're all about giving patients back as much quality of life as we can give, right? And the work that you do is so important that. and making people aware that this is an option and, and it's very valuable and say, hey, don't be afraid of this. This is something that can help you. Uh, I mean, that's that's a fantastic and noble effort. So I definitely hats off. I salute you and what you're doing there. You know, I can't say it enough. In addition to the good work all my colleagues are doing in the field of neurodiagnostics, you all have unique talents that enhance our professional culture and help to educate one another, create greater awareness of our patient support mission. And Ben Fallon is no exception. As it turns out, he's an accomplished poet. And he uses that gift to bring to life the passion and impact of his work with epilepsy patients. Couple uh, with the experience of having patients, the relative of patients, and a lot of things of seeing why attending to patients. Uh, and was one of those things that I tried to inspire the point I wrote. Not just that, I actually even wrote one for epilepsy itself. So, in the old way, I will still read that one so it to be. That's the very point in the meantime. We have on, on our professional uh, society website, hasset.org, we have a, uh, a message board for our, our colleagues to communicate with each other, share ideas, ask questions. It's called Asset Central. And recently I came across a post that you had posted. And there's some, I, I always love to highlight some of the creative things that people do when, it, when coming up a neurodiagnostic week. And I saw that you had written this great poem. It was fantastic. I read through that and I'm like, this is gold. This is fantastic. So, and that's, that's why I'm like, I have to have you on the show. And, and for, and so first of all, what, what, what inspired you? Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, you so much. No, this was so cool. But what inspired you to write yeah. this? And do you write yeah. things like this regularly? Is this, is, or do you normally write poetry like this? Just like I said initially, I wrote one for people living with epilepsy to what I call it, still I rise. That's the title. Like this is it, electrifying. But for those living with epilepsy, the title is still I rise. And, uh, that has to do with, okay, the fact that most times they fall, they sit down, and they keep going, okay, and try to encourage them not to lose feet, that irrespective of what happens, they can still be successful. But I will go to that later. What is electrifying? Okay, I do follow assets most time. There was this year when the team for the neurodiagnostic week was electrifying, okay, and that's year. They were like specifying all the areas of neurodiagnostics. So when I saw that one, it's electrifying. It's called my mind. I thought, wow, is that actually electrifying? When we talk about nerves, because nerves actually 
you know, send sickness from one part of the brain to the other, then peripheral nerves to all part of the body. So this moves as fast as the same level when the electricity. You know, so I felt okay, this is something I could actually express in a point, man. Uh, that was how I demo with my idea. And I was talking about the neurons, neurotransmitters, and they put soldiers and some other things. Those things that happen really in the brain. And uh, that was how I was able to come up with that idea. It's a, it's a privilege to have you in the program. Before we wrap up here, not only are you a scientist, but you're a poet as well. You're, you're an artistic and creative person. And I always felt like it was hand in hand. And so at this juncture, would you be willing to read, uh, uh, read some of your work for us? Here is Benfolo Mortala reading his original work, It's Electrifying. We'll have full text for both of the poems he read today on the website, ionmforlife.com. That's I-O-N-M, the number four, life.com, along with a link to the Epilepsy Ambassadors Initiative. The first one, uh, I said, it's electrifying, not electrocuting. Procedure, all gains, no pain. We don't need to see you fall to suggest areas of concerns. Sometimes we do see the epilepsy, don't necessarily deceive. We use our brain to monitor yours. It's electrifying and physiological. With potentials from the cell bodies, the azon terminus and dendrites, over billions neurons of cord, and food surges, the neurotransmitters. Your account with us and account we give for the neurologist to see because your brain matters. It's electrifying. Yet diagnosing symptoms of disease, your choice of medication, sometimes they cause on our efforts. Oh, the tranquilizing drugs of gradualisms, they still need to be treated. Counts on us. Having DNG insane, easy, and painless. It's electrifying in all ramifications. The breaking of the waves cannot explain the OC. Nor does a single rubbing around the spring. But in our case, a single spike in the patient with unusual spells, however, can speak a bottom more than the most detailed MRI. We are neurodiagnostic professionals. We solve problems you don't know you about, with waves you can't understand. The brain functions in that business. Alas, it's electrifying. That is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> that was Max Vanderbrink. <laughs> okay. So that's it. That was great. I, I really appreciated that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to sharing this. See, you covered, you, you really covered the essence of what we do and the impact we have. And that so is beautiful, beautiful. Exactly. And now here is Still I Rise, another original work by Banfola Mutala. Again, we'll have full text on the website, ionmforlife.com. In the journey of life, epilepsy is not a full stop, but a column. Why live in the future, future superstars? I see it as somebody sees a very important. That is a fact, no doubt. A phone is a ball. But what is bad when my piece is the dust? allows me an opportunity to feel the soil and understand the terrain. 
I will definitely run faster any other time. I shall fear no fall anymore. If fall is no fall. Grateful for my little fall. For I can now climb. For I can now climb the toilet of mountain with ease. My seizure, a till of the past. Arrested to hordes. Anti-epileptic drugs to the rescue. I was not tutor to the heart of self-doubt. What a lesson it would have been. I was not made to self-reject what a tormented experience it would have been. I was not impelled to self-eat what a vehement rejection I would have shown. I was not natured to vulnerable failure what an evil way that would have been. I was not nurtured to go down to the heart no shame will ever bind me. I fail and I bend again. I fall and arise again. I retreat and charge again. No matter the nature of dream, I shall not sleep. No matter the trouble, I shall not trouble. Even when I fail and fall, my mind is on success. I reject the thought of failure and defeat. Once the gain is still wrong, epilepsy is the future loser. When I lead for eternity, epilepsy is still the loser, for dead body will not unbust. Hey, neurodiagnostic community. Before we go, I just want to leave a quick note. We're working on some exciting new episodes and partnerships in the near future, so it should be an amazing season for the show. Have you checked out the IONM for Life swag store? You can find the link right on our website, ionmforlife.com. We never really endorse any one neurodiagnostic group here on the program. We love all of you. But I always like to spread the word when a team is looking for talent. So I want to forward that NeuroAlert is looking for help in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Full disclosure, I serve as a contractor and consultant in the field, and I've done work with NeuroAlert in the past. I've always had a great experience with them. If you're interested, you can contact the incredible people leader and HR manager at NeuroAlert, Rachel Summerfield. You can find her on LinkedIn. That's all for this episode. Take good care of yourself, your colleagues, and above all, your patients. You do important work, neurodiagnostic community. See you next show. Thanks for listening to this episode of the IONM for Life podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please remember to like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Join us next time for more stimulating adventures. This podcast is not affiliated with any medical device or neuromonitoring company. At the present time, the IONM for Life podcast does not accept any advertising money. All opinions expressed on the IONM for Life podcast do not necessarily represent the views and opinions held by myself or anyone associated with the IONM for Life podcast. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. I welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors.